1: Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh was away for a little bit of downtime. Uh, with that being said, you can find me right here, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on KDOW, AM 1220, Business Radio. Uh, let's get back to things. Um, S&P 500, higher Dow higher, NASDAQ higher. Oil is the story today, up 5%, sitting at $33 a barrel. As oil leads, the markets are following. It's been the story of the year. Favorable disposition right now is being attributed to a 5.3% increase in oil prices. Fading concerns about the prospect of a recession hitting the United States and a gentle tone of improvement in investor sentiment. Things still remain far from rosy, though. Preliminary manufacturing PMI readings for February uh, out of Japan and Germany and the Eurozone were all weaker than usual. So the story is the same there that the world looks like it's heading towards a recession. The United States looks like it's not. The British pound is getting hit pretty hard on continuing concerns about the UK possibility of leaving the European Union. So we had the Grexit. Now we get the Brexit. A referendum is going to be held on the matter on June 23rd. It has the support of London's mayor. And reports point to the flagging confidence in Japan's political leadership out there as well. So there's a lot going on internationally. And some of it's economically hit, you know, Japan, Germany slowing down. But also um, some of it's, you know, political PR risk tied towards Japan. Some of it is, I guess it's political. Uh, Will the U.K. stay in the European Union or not? The good news is good news, and the bad news is bad news perspective speaks to some of the change in investor sentiment that's helping lift stocks and that's a positive thing we've had a brutal first six weeks of the year japan shanghai jumped about 2.4 percent um the worlds are up today japan's market higher germany's higher uk FTSE's higher dollars flexing some muscle as the british pound gets weaker and the euro gets weaker based on what we're hearing out of you know britain that hasn't you know upset the dollar-denominated commodity space too much, which typically, as the dollar gets stronger, commodities get weaker. That's the idea, but the IEA came out and kind of balanced that thought out there today and said uh, the oil market's going to begin rebalancing in 2017. Okay, (laughs) so that's where we are with that. Um, We got a nice move in copper, which is an industrial metal, and that's boosting some confidence. Industrial metals, you know, gold's not an industrial metal. Silver's not an industrial metal. Copper, an industrial metal. If you're going to build bridges, if you're going to build buildings, you get copper pipes and copper fittings. Um, Not a lot of economic releases to note today. The remainder of the week is going to feature some important data points like consumer confidence, though, existing home sales, um, new home sales, initial claims, durable orders. Second estimate for fourth quarter GDP and personal income and spending out there as well. So we get this week, you know, a higher market's it been climbing recently oil prices keep rebounding. You get some economic data that surprised the upside. It could get things to get a little bit more interesting. Once again, with the federal reserve, will they raise the fed funds rate this year again and or not? Um, At this juncture, The Fed, you know, has to be feeling better with all the economic data that's coming out on the U.S. Um, So that's how we're opening up our week this week. Um, Apple is telling employees why it won't help hack Apple phones for the United States government. This is getting kind of sloppy. Um, I heard a lot about it while away. And... uh, Apple CEO Tim Cook has acknowledged employees that it does not feel right to refuse to help the FBI hack a locked iPhone that was used by a gunman in the San Bernardino mass shootings. He said that to do so would threaten data security for millions and everyone's civil liberties. Um, and, you know, again, he has to come out and also say, we have no tolerance for or sympathy for terrorists. So he's having to deal with that pr mess that's going on in the you know the fbi for their part they want the data Um, apple says we would have to build you know all new software to figure out how to get into them a lot of people think that's bunk but hey um it's out there starbucks said today that they're going to change their rewards program starbucks has been a real innovator in their rewards program and with a digital wallet So they're changing the terms of its rewards program so that people who get just a regular cup of coffee will have to spend significantly more to earn a freebie. The chain says its loyalty program will award stars based on the dollar spent starting in April. Currently, people earn a star for each transaction regardless of how much they spend, and they get a free food item or of their choice after 12 stars. If you are a regular Starbucks user and you're not on their loyalty reward program, it's a shame. You should be. It's all things considered a pretty darn good product. Elsewhere out there, and since I've been away, I should mention you can call the show 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Elsewhere out there today, uh, Yahoo again, they're up for sale and they're on everyone's watch list right now because they've formed an independent panel to explore strategic options yahoo is only half-heartedly putting itself up for sale and has hired advisors to defend itself against activist shareholders starboard value according to the new york post um, a lot of the suitors a lot of people think verizon or comcast uh, would be interested groupon the daily deals and e-commerce website is extending friday gains reports that Alibaba might buy a stake or even mount a takeover bid for Groupon. That was another story that I saw while uh, having some downtime is that a lot of American companies are being bought by Chinese. And whether it be, you know, GE spinning off one of their industrial components, uh, fire up the Bruce Springsteen music and uh, start thinking about glory days in the United States and are we freaked out by this or not. Uh, Amgen, its big biotech company, and their Belgian partner UCB said that a new osteoporosis treatment met its primary goal in a late-stage trial. The treatment reduced additional vertebral fractures in postmenopausal women suffering from the disease. AT&T and Intel have formed a partnership to test drone technology on AT&T's high-speed network. Separately, AT&T said it would invest about $10 billion in an effort to boost its global enterprise services division. AT&T trying to stay relevant um fox's deadpool topped the box office once again with 55 million dollars in north american ticket sales it was the second consecutive number one showing for the movie it's the fastest r-rated movie to make 200 million dollars and a lot of people didn't see that coming general motors said it may have to cancel its 1.6 billion billion investment in brazil if the economic and political situation does not improve That word comes from their president, uh, Dan Ammon, who spoke to a Brazilian newspaper. So that's another sign that, you know, the weakness in foreign markets can play out in the United States. Bank of America said they're going to roll out a new mortgage product today, which will allow down payments as little as 3% and do not involve the FHA. So loan requirements are starting to loosen up again. Did we learn anything in 2006? Yes, or no, or maybe not so much. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com.
0: So it's like when the stars together we they didn't know how to dress for the weather I could still see them, they're huddling down after Jump on the slope to the sound of the master Get closer off, the wisdom teeth i up What you on about, I feel it in my bones You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
1: I'm Rob Black talking investing, money, and much, much more. Markets jump as oil surges. WTI oil for delivery in March, um, up 5-plus percent today. Markets are jumping on that news, and it's again, it's tied likely to. The concept that you know world markets kinda of need it. It shows maybe some demand. Um but it also shows, you know, too much supply. At some point in time we don't need anymore, so those jobs go away. And when countries are getting paid twenty-five dollars a barrel or thirty dollars a barrel, it's a lot less than forty-five or fifty dollars a barrel. And that's typically how a lot of these countries set up their GDP off oil and the profits they make there. Oil Bounces on the IEA, IEA, the International Energy Association's report today that oil is going to rebalance somewhere in 2017. So you're seeing a rebound in industrial metals. You're seeing improved investor sentiment. You're seeing names like Halliburton and ExxonMobil and Baker Hughes jump. Uh, world markets are responding positively as well. So that's worthy of note, right? Um Janet Yellen has talked to Congress, and she's kind of unnerved people, um, in large part because she's acknowledging that financial conditions in the United States have become less supportive of growth, and that they could weigh in on the decision down the road to raise interest rates or not to, yet she's persistently saying, you know, there's some things like uh, decline in long-term interest rates and oil prices and she may or may not be kind of setting herself up to not let us know what she's thinking. You know, the FOMC has their next meeting on March 15th, 16th. And in theory, the conditions of the United States says, let's raise interest rates. But when you're looking at the stock market, and again, the stock market's not necessarily real. It's it, It's irrational at times. It moves up and down in spurts. So it's going to be uh, one of those damnation games, again, that we play of like, oh, goodness, it's March 14th. So next two days, what will the Fed do or and or not do? Um, so she's got a very middle-of-the-road approach, Janet Yellen does at this point in time. And I think people are a little bit, eh, just get to it kind of feeling. Um, so markets up triple digits on oil today. Oil sits 33.65, up about 6%. It was a little bit higher, a little bit lower throughout the day. Ten-year treasury bond sits at 1.75%. That's incredibly low. And again, it's telling us that there's something wrong with world economies because people are hiding money there. They think the Federal Reserve is going to, not the Federal Reserve, but the United States federal government is going to continue to pay. And, um... The thought there is that you know we'll pay our debts, so let's let's stock up on these treasuries. So there's been a flight into that area. Big winner there is mortgages. Downside on the big winner of being mortgages at this point in time is the amount of time it takes to get a mortgage is crazy ridiculous. Um, it's going up higher and higher. So at this point in time, it's about 50 days. Uh, you'll hear Tony Mendez on the show on a regular basis. He's my mortgage lender. And he handles all, all of the, like, the, the small things for me, which I love in a mortgage lender, because I don't like handling all the small things. Um, I got other things I must do, if I can be honest with you. Visa did something kind of cool. They're over in Barcelona right now at a w- Mobile World Congress. And they want to turn your car into a mobile plat- payments platform, just like using your smartphone or your traditional credit card. I like the idea of, you know, being able to roll into a gas station and something comes up on your dash through Bluetooth that's like, hey, do you punch in your pin number and, you know, you can pay for the gas here. Um, I like the idea. You know, once being parked next to a pump, the app can calculate the cost of filling up and a person can pay for the gas and even convenience store items via their dashboard. It's a proof of concept for them showing the app I like that Visa's continuing to say, let's challenge our own business and let's challenge, you know, like, are we just a swiping company or are we something very much different? By the year 2020, there's going to be an estimated quarter of a billion connected co- vehicles on the road and they want to be there and Sirius XM radio wants to be there. Even though they're satellite radio, they want to be in an app on your dashboard. Visa wants to be in an app on your dashboard. Do you see what the story really is all about? Apps on dashboards. Um, pizza Hut did a similar thing last year where they did a test to show that people could pay for a pizza from their car and have someone bring it out when it's ready. So you're going to see more things along those lines down the road. Uh, there's just no doubt about it in my opinion. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Lumber liquidator stock is getting murdered today after the U.S. federal agency, uh, the CDC, came out and said people exposed to some of the company's laminate flooring are three times as likely to get cancer as previously estimated. Three times as likely. What's interesting to note about that is if you've ever listened to a baseball game or a sports game, lumber liquidators drops a lot of coin on advertising. So their shares are getting down, hit about 20-plus percent. It's been a rough three years for them. Um, 60 Minutes, you know, reported that it had alerted the possibility that scientists had not converted, you know, feet to meters in some calculations of some of their cancer-causing formaldehyde. Um And they're only reporting about a third of what they should have been. And, you know, the shares are down 79 percent since late February last year when 60 Minutes did a report on them. Um, A report that a hedge fund guy who had shorted lumber liquidators seemed to provide a lot of the information for. LinkedIn and Tableau Software are both big tech companies that have seen their shares rocked after reporting earnings down 40-plus percent, and that's a pretty violent reaction. The question is, are we in a new tech bubble, and is it on the brink of bursting? The day of sky-high valuations, are they over? Rapid growth seems to have stalled. A lot of tech shares shrugged off the LinkedIn Tableau setback and have rebounded in the last couple of weeks. Um, keep an eye on some of these names. You know, some of them have better uh, multiples than others. You know, Amazon.com is up 41% of the last 12 months. Facebook up 31%. Microsoft up 19%. But following a pullback off of LinkedIn tableau um, a lot of these companies you know got hit 8 10 15 percent as everyone is starting to say you know is this the time that tech stocks start to collapse Intel's down 16 percent this year Fitbit's down 47 percent FireEyes dropped 33 percent so there's some big numbers there I'm Rob Black talking all things financial you can find me at RobBlackShow.com it's RobBlackShow.com Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 800-516-1220.
0: Online at com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
1: KDOW. Companies like Cisco Systems make telecom equipment equipment for the AT&T's and the Verizon's of the world. Mark Zuckerberg's been talking a lot recently about virtual reality and how it could become the most social platform. Uh... Do you remember having a 24K modem and that eventually became a 48K and then 56 and like, oh, no, it'll never get faster than DSL came out and all the different flavors and cable modems uh, increased speed again and again and again. What do you think it's going to take? And again, this is all the DSLs and cable modems. They're all powering, you know, uh, basically brochures on the Internet. Um, and email, and then suddenly you add audio files and video files, and things come to a grinding halt. What do you think it's going to be like to do virtual reality on, you know, data? So companies like Cisco are not going to go out of business anytime soon. It's worthy of looking at some of these old equipment manufacturers, and I own shares of Cisco Systems, bought in the last two or three weeks. And uh, it's worthy of, like, looking at, you know, the whole virtual reality, Who's going to create winners and losers outside of that? 800 516 1220 to each calls on the air. It's 800 516 1220 to each calls on the air. Home loans are getting longer and longer and longer when it comes to closing. So make sure you know that before you go out and try to close a loan or try to buy a home. The average time in January to close a loan was on average 50 days, up from 49 days in December and 10 days longer than it was a year ago. So it's dragging on. So if you put in an offer and you kind of have to you know, maybe sell your home before you move into a new home, you really want to be working with a qualified loan agent, uh, someone who knows the new rules with RESPA and TILA, Truth in Lending Act, and the Real Estate Settlement Procedures Act, um, and all the HUD statements. It's, it's a long time, and it's very, very stressful. Speaking of which, let's bring in Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Welcome in, Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's done two, maybe three of my loans in real estate, so I bring him in on occasion to kind of highlight what you should be thinking about when buying a home or refinancing a home or maybe even sometimes selling a home. You can listen to his show here on KDOW 1220 Tuesdays. That's Tuesdays at 6 p.m. drive time. Mr. Mendez, buying a home is intimidating. Yes, it is. I remember in my 20s when I bought my first car. I had buyer's remorse. I had panic. Um, you know, going through a divorce, you have remorse, you have panic, you have fear. But a home, it's it's pretty big. The first home that you put an offer on, and it's not quite the home you want. There's a cracked foundation. You're like, what you, should I be doing? Yeah. Should I not be doing it? Like you do go through a lot of questions.
2: Yeah, I the first cliche I heard in the business, and it still rings. True today is it's the biggest decision you're going to make in your life, the biggest investment you're going to make in your life, and it and today it's becoming more harder to get, uh, more difficult to get the financing, uh, finding the right price, finding the right home is difficult today because we have such competition, a, we have competition, we have inventory problems, um, and you're putting cash over top of appraised value, so it's it's a lot more difficult and certainly more intimidating in a seller's market like it is today. And
1: you and I kind of grew up kind of ignorant. We we're kind of like, yeah, dad said put down 28 to 40% of your income. And you and I have grown up in an area, uh, era where people are like, buy the worst house on the best street. Buy close to great schools. Buy close to great jobs. Don't buy too far out. You want someone's wife to want your home. You want some curbside appeal. I mean, it sounds like pretty generic advice, but a lot
2: of people got burned with bad advice, like buy, you know, take equity out of your home and buy elsewhere or, or um, buy in Dallas. Or, yeah. Just wrong advice. You know, yeah. the best advice you can give yourself for real estate is to first decide to make a de- decide to buy real estate. That's the hardest decision. Know that you're you going
1: to know that you're going to be tied to it. Yeah. And you said it's an investment. I say it's a liability. You say it's about the, be- the biggest investment you ever make. I think it's the biggest liability. You're committing to paying 30 years every single month, even if you lose your job, even if you divorce. You're making a commitment that's big. Now later in life, as you pay yourself rent, i.e. The part of the mortgage that's not interest, but the equity, um, it is. It adds up to a great yep. thing over time. It doesn't keep up terribly well versus inflation. Some market's better than others. Yeah, and and you brought up a good point. The, a lot of things
2: that are the benefits, the right benefits of owning a home aren't so, sold. It's the wrong benefits that are oversold, and it gets people hyped up about real estate. It really is a hype game, isn't it? Uh, oh, yeah, speculation game. Right now, speculation is, is dying off as prices are going up and rates are going up. It's it's a lot more rate-sensitive than it used to be I'm um, because we have such high prices. And this is what I fear in this type of market right now is that we are so rate-sensitive and we're so sensitive to alternative types of financing like ARMS, and there's no neg-ams anymore. There is still interest only. So people – sensitive to those, but they also are sensitive to the payment and the fact that the prices have gone up and are going to go back up to where they've been. It's a tricky market. If you live in an expensive
1: be. area, you're looking for expensive jobs to be created. If you're living in Stockton, you're looking for a doubling of minimum wage. Like There's little keys and hints that you could think about. Um, I could tell you that my industry, the financial world, has some slimy people. There's a big mutual fund guy down in San Jose that I got to see some of the salespeople, and they're just 25-year-old, just, I don't know, just, hi, hey, there, Gus, give me a power handshake, and let's go sell some of this product and make big money and have scotches tonight. Like, they're just, I don't know, what the word, bimbo, himbo, like, just, that's not the right word, but uh, your industry has that, too, though. You just call them a tool. Tool, perfect. Your industry's got these tools that are like, you know, all I got to do is do one mortgage. I can fly to Hawaii and smoke weed and come back and do one mortgage. And, you know, hey, I used to be a mechanic, but now I'm going to be a mortgage person. I know a woman who's a housewife, and she's getting her real estate license simply because it's a little extra money. And she's competing against people who have been in this industry 40, 50 years, super experienced. She's got none. She's going to fail, in my opinion. With that said, maybe she sells one else. Yep. Um, she's got a heart of gold, and she's networks really well with mothers. So maybe she does well. You know, that, but there is some barriers I'd, to entry. I'd get
2: into the real estate bu- that side of the real estate business if I had a larger network, uh, and I've been in my city for a long time. I'm a mom, and I, and I know a lot of people, and I know how to network. You know, that's a great way to start. There's a lot be of people who still want to get yeah. into real estate because there is a lot of money to be made in this in this industry. Um, the mortgage industry is more of the sales part. Real estate's all about. The selling side
1: is all about who you know. One of the first questions I would ask a potential realtor, tell me the three best streets, tell me the school scores, and, you know, don't show me a big kitchen. I don't care. Show me the best streets that everyone wants, that has no inventory. That's where I want to be. That has been Tony Mendez. Tony Mendez has been sitting in with me. He works with BayAreaLoanSource.com. He is a lender, BayAreaLoanSource.com. One of the things you're inundated with if you go online, if you watch a little financial television, a little television fact, is there's a lot of calls for life insurance. You've seen the commercials, small children, they're adorable. They ask questions like, Dad, what is life insurance? It's something that people put off. Happy events. Don't, you know, make the task of buying life insurance any more pleasant, just a lot more urgent. But when you're getting married or you're buying a home or you get a job promotion or you're moving or you bring a child into the world, you don't stop and think, life insurance, It's, it's thinking about death, right? What type of insurance do you need? You don't need whole life. My grandmother and my grandfather... In my family, lived till late, mid-90s, early 90s. Um, and when they died, their kids didn't need the money, and their kids' kids didn't need the money. Because their whole life, they'd used term life insurance until they are about 65, and they switched to, you know, they didn't need whole life. If you live to 80, 90, even 70, most of the time, people aren't going to need your income. So life insurance replaces your ability to earn income. That's right. That's what it does. So I say go with term life. Go until about 60, 65, 70, when your income is no longer needed to pay for mortgage. Your home's paid for, hopefully. Your income is no longer needed to pay for you know monthly bills. So term life is the cheapest. Whole life and variable life will be sold to you with like these. Extra bells and whistles that you pay for. If it's an insurance product that will ask, act like an investment product, you're going to pay investment fees and they're going to be high because you're also getting the insurance, so they're going to be paying insurance fees. Buy term life and invest the rest. That's what everyone in the financial community who works in the financial community does. Yeah, there's times when whole life might be important, like if, let's say, you're 75. And you've amassed seven, eight, nine million dollars of wealth and you decide, I want to give that to my alma mater. But I don't want my family to lose out on that seven, eight million dollars. So your alma mater, let's say it's Stanford, buys a whole life insurance policy on you that's gonna last your whole life. And it's not gonna add up to eight million dollars. Um in fees, not in theory. So that whole life policy can be funded. Um, and the money can be given to your family tax-free, and the charitable donation to the university can be given of your lifetime of investments. It's a great idea, um, and I highly suggest it for you know, the uber wealthy to go with whole life. But for the average person, stay with term life and invest the rest. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com.
0: From this dream where she was trying to show me How a life can move from the darkness She said to get better So I put a bullet where I should have put a helmet And I crashed my car cause I wanna get carried away The I'm standing on the other screaming at myself Hey, I wanna get better
1: talking money, investing and more. One of the things that we do as investors is we do pay attention to what's going on in the rest of the world. And China woke up big time to the world and wanted to be a serious economic force. And they kind of used the Olympics, the Summer Olympics as a kind of a springboard for that. And they built up a lot of infrastructure. Now they want to get their stock market going and trusted, the real estate market growing and trusted, their capitalism growing and trusted. Chinese President Xi Jinping last week gathered the heads of the country's largest media organizations, the ones that controlled, you know, are controlled by the Communist Party, and he told them exactly the news and how it was going to be reported. So it's kind of creepy, uh, especially when you start thinking about their financial markets, and they got a new market regulator over the weekend. Wall Street kind of like that. Journalists who attempt to investigate and report controversial issues, Um, there's going to be a conflict. There will be dismissal, and there will be abuse of these people. So the Communist Party is back to the fore in a way that it hasn't been for a lot of years, and that's probably not a good thing. With that said... Uh, you know it. As an investor, you kind of have to, like, learn things to know. And sometimes the demon known versus the demon unknown is what you're really looking for. Lumber Liquidator's stock is crashing. Bank of America's got a new mortgage out there. And that's got me a little concerned. Uh, In large part, Bank of America is posting gains got a new mortgage product that's going to allow down payment as low as 3%. New mortgage program is going to let borrowers avoid private mortgage insurance, which could make the new loans cheaper than those offered through the FHA. I love that there's new product being invented. I don't like that it's encouraging people who haven't saved enough to go out and and get a home. I want people who haven't gotten a home to get a home if they're going to be in that home for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. I want people who don't own a home to get a home if it's comparable to rent and or rent is you know way more so I don't like the let's make it easy for everyone angle I think that's where you can get into trouble Groupon had a big gains on Friday and the report or the the thought is that Alibaba might buy a bigger stake in the company or even take over the company Um, Groupon to me is just it's kind of a pain in my butt it's one of those things that you like get a group pod and then you or, like read the fine details and it's like, it's really not for like a weekend hotel. It's for like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> you know, who's got that availability? And you're like, ah, oh. or you get some sort of dinner credit, but it's only on a prefix meal and you're like, oh, and I didn't really want that. Um, Apple today shares her again in the focus as the FBI director James Comey and CEO Tim Cook of Apple are going to testify to that U.S. House Committee on Energy and Commerce to discuss the ongoing debate with encryption. If Apple fights this too hard, you're probably going to see Congress say, let's come up with some some laws. And that won't be in Apple's best interest either. So it's going to be interesting to see. I will say this, I, your phone's more secure than you think it is if the, if the FBI can't crack one, and they're coming out publicly, you know, thrashing Apple for not playing along. Southwest Airlines getting a bit of a boost today after Credit Suisse calls the company, one of its top picks, uh, $55 price target. Uh, Southwest is in a really great position. They're a domestic carrier with low oil prices. They don't do a lot of international, so there's upside there of about 20%. I kind of agree with the concept uh, without knowing a lot of the details on the upgrade, but that concept is, is kind of right on. Allergen, their shares are climbing after reporting earnings at top expectations. Um, in November, Allergen and Pfizer announced plans for a record $160 billion merger. Um, I get it, you get it, we all get it. So, with that said, um, it'll be interesting to watch the next presidential or this presidential cycle as to how it plays out with you know companies that do inverses uh, and leave the company for tax reasons, leave the country for tax reasons. Amazon made it a little bit harder to get free shipping. Less than three years after Amazon increased the minimum purchase threshold from $25 to $35 for customers to qualify for super saving shipping, the world's largest retailer is hiking that minimum purchase again to $49. The change was made quietly without any official announcement or press release. Um, Prime is something that they're trying to push you into, has proven to be enormously prof- powerful and profitable. Subscribers pay $99 for a year, and in addition to free streaming videos, music. They get unlimited free two-day shipping on most purchases made at Amazon. There's an estimated 54 million Amazon Prime members, and I related a lot with Costco um, without the crowds. I love the concept of Costco. I hate going to Costco. Um, love the concept. Hate going, and that's the best I can say. I don't have the availability to go, you know, Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. like most people. Well, not most people, but some people might. So Prime actually pushes up shipping as well or spending as well on purchases at Amazon because people are more inclined to do it. I'll say this, like um, getting toilet paper and all that kind of stuff delivered to your house on a monthly basis, Amazon's got a deal called Pantry that like if you get three items regularly delivered, they take off 5% for the first item, 10% off the whole order on the second item, add a third and it's 15% off the whole order. I'm like, I'll take 15% off. Heck yeah, because they're already pretty low prices, right? Anyhow and anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Don't be shy. I'd love to hear more from you. Um, I do mean that. And we'll talk soon. It's Find me at robblackshow.com. Find me on Twitter, robblackshow. Find me on YouTube, robblackshow.